You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Chris Euler. We're broadcasting from Holy Cross Catholic Church here in Ipswich, South Dakota. And we're grateful to be celebrating this Fat Tuesday and uh, are just finishing up our delicious pastries. Chris brought us uh. from uh, Ken's Fair Foods in Aberdeen. We're grateful for them and uh, great food. And by the way, for my uh, Chris, for you, because it's Fat Tuesday, I brought you a gift. Oh, no. Something in conversation. Your favorite peanut m and Oh, yes. There you go. That's oh, for you. I am so excited and about Heather, this. Heather, our producer, I wanted you to have a break, so I brought you a Kit Kat bar <laughs> here. You know, so, uh, a little free advertising for the Mars uh, Candy Company there here. There you but go. Here, like... I love it. And uh, Now, that's... That's a shareable size, but you don't have to share with anyone because it's Fat Tuesday. And yeah, uh, you know you've been doing this Exodus ninety. For those who don't oh. know, I know they've heard it. We've talked about it on Real Presence Live in the past, but it's a it's a men's program, ninety days of really you know extended period of Lent with some really diligent emphasis on prayer, self denial, asceticism, and community, um, so you can grow in virtue and holiness. And so. I just want to give you encouragement. You have a little free day this morning. Yes. Uh, so to your Exodus 90 brothers out there, have those M&Ms, and then tomorrow I want you to run, you know, 10 miles just to burn them off. Yeah, I'm gonna, so. I plan on wearing a full-body hair shirt outfit tomorrow <laughs> because, yeah, I've got to take it. Got to, you know, this day is a little, you know, rest day. Tomorrow we got to go hard. So Yeah, go hard and uh, send it, and th- as they say these days. You know, yes. So. so speaking of sending it, we've got someone who has been sent forth on the mission of God, who wow. has been responding to the call uh, to bring people to Jesus Christ. So on the line we've got uh, Tony Menke, uh, regional director uh, here uh, for, this, for South Dakota, for Nebraska, uh, with Focus. And uh, Tony is here to talk about Seek 21 with us. So, Tony, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, we're absolutely thrilled to just have you on and to hear a little bit about uh, how Seek 21 was like it's never been before. So before we kind of dive into Seek, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your family and how long you've been involved with Focus? Yeah, I am originally from St. Paul, Minnesota, um, and currently live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I live here with my wife, uh, Carrie, and we have four children. Xavier is seven, Colette is five, Avila is three, and Rose is one. Uh, so it's nice to remember their ages when they're two years apart exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then so I moved here probably four years ago. Um, I've been with Focus now about eight years, uh, and then five of them the last five years specifically within this role as regional director. All right. That's awesome. You know, uh, Focus, for our listeners, is a fellowship of Catholic university students. And so, Anthony, you know, the work you serve now as a regional director, but um, in the past, were you just starting out your journey as just a a regular um, student leader on campus? How did you get to where you're at uh, with your family life and and serving in this Mm -hmm. ministry today? Yeah, so uh, I have a different story than most people when they join Focus. A lot of um, our missionaries come straight out of college, uh, in which that wasn't the case for me. I had a, a significant reversion back to the faith in the midst of college, and after 
that, and as I was growing in my faith, also grew a desire to uh, share the gospel with others and to give other people the opportunity to respond to the relationship that God was calling them to. Uh, but I just didn't know how, and I didn't. I wasn't necessarily pulled. I tried a couple of different things. I led a youth group in my old high school um, and different things. And, uh, but I met my wife, and she was at a different school, um, Minnesota State and Cato, and they had focus. Focus came to their campus her sophomore year, and so I got to experience Focus more so through her as we were dating and the impact it was having in her life. And kind of fell in love with the way that focus operated and worked in the way that it, it reached people, um, no matter where they were at, met them, kind of met them at their level and, and walked with them in this journey together. Um, but also a part of that walking together, building them up so that they can go and do the same to those around them. And so that's the part that attracted me the most of being able to reach uh, people in, in all different places and all different circumstances and, and just share the faith with them. And so when we got married, uh, we considered running focus at that time, both of us, um, and discern that wasn't the time for us. Specifically, my wife wanted to go to occupational therapy school. But she ended up going to school at the University of South Dakota. And so when we moved down there a week after we got married so that she could start classes, I got involved with the focus team that was at the University of South Dakota. And I was working a job. I was 25 at the time. I was working a job in the neighboring town. But in the evening, I would help lead Bible study and work with uh, uh, there's a, a house full of guys that were really interested in pursuing their faith that I was just trying to help any way I can on the side. And by spring, uh, focus, specifically the team director at that campus said, hey, I really think you should consider this again. Um, and by the grace of God, I said yes and interviewed, and they offered me a job, and I didn't say no a second time, and I'm very thankful I didn't. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a beautiful witness and testimony to what God can do in your life and how he calls us after our conversion to share that good news. And so uh, now SEEK is this big event uh, that Focus is held for, I don't know how many years. I went to four focus conferences during my time in college uh, at University of Mary. My wife and I were involved in our Bible studies and discipleship there, and so, and and so you see, uh, you see such a beautiful opportunity for evangelization at these Seek conferences. And so, can you tell us a little bit about what Seek is as a whole? But then tell us how it was different this year. Yes, uh, yes, Seek is. Because our bigger conferences, especially over the last number of years, we've kind of done a big conference with SEEK and a smaller conference conference in between um, called SLS. But SEEK was always kind of our big one. It was always kind of a, a more of a win opportunity in which anyone and everyone was invited to it. Um, and we just got, you know, great world-renowned speakers to come speak. Um, and just the gathering of people the opportunity to meet. We have booths of a ton of different religious locations, and uh, it's just an unbelievable experience over a five-day period, roughly, uh, to be able to to see the life within the church, um, to see the joy, uh, the hope that comes with it, being surrounded by thousands of others that are also pursuing it, um, being encouraged, being uh, just 
getting that spark if that spark's not already there, and if that spark's already there to to fan it into a flame. Um, but specifically, like the one thing that everyone talks about within the C conferences is always our adoration mm. night um, and that encounter with God. Mm. And so it's just again facilitating an encounter with Christ, giving them uh, formation and opportunities to the speakers. Um, to learn about God's love for them so that they can respond. But this year it was different as far as with COVID and all that kind of came with it. Um, and considering we're a worldwide organization that's, that's reaching many people in different places and different situations, uh, the decision needed to be made to go digital this year. Um, but the way that it was set up is we understood that 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 community being together was a crucial piece of this whole thing and that pursuit together and not just as individuals. And so when we set up the digital conference, there was an intentional point given towards, hey, this is supposed to be uh, experienced through small groups or through groups of people, depending on the situation, depending on where you are and the circumstances you are in. And so even within it, we, we created small group questions off the keynote so that it can be a discussion afterwards that they can continue to share. And the hope was that these small groups then would be launched from the conference to continue to grow alongside of each other. So if they're college students, that those small groups become Bible studies, most Bible studies would continue that growth in the pursuit of Christ. And if they're in the parish, that those small groups would stay together um, and continue that growth after the conference. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, as someone I was involved in, like I said, I was involved in Focus myself, and you know, I, I was at the conference with uh, members from Roncalli, uh, where I teach, and uh, it was awesome to be able to have that opportunity. To uh, I, I missed part of it just because I was I had some I had an illness in my home, but I don't mind talking to them and listening to their talks, and then they had the small group. Like That was like the real bread and butter that they appreciated mm-hmm. for discipleship, for that spiritual multiplication, as Curtis talks about. And so uh, mm-hmm. we're going to go to break here in a second, but I want you to, over break, uh, just think about you know how this format, maybe it was a blessing in disguise. And uh, when we come back from break, we'll talk more about that question. we got Tony Minky on the line with Focus, and uh, we're going to go to break, and don't go anywhere. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about him, or talk with him about after the break here. So we will catch you on the flip side. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? 
This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Chris Euler. We're broadcasting from Holy Cross Catholic Church, and we're glad to have with us this morning Tony Menke from the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, also known as FOCUS, as they continue to bring the gospel to people not only on the university campus, but this year through digital means and through their annual C conference, they're able to invite more people into this encounter with Christ. And so I know just recently um, here in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, we had a Seek event, and I know many people benefited. Some of them were alumni from Focus, like yourself, Chris, who have participated in the Fellowship of Catholic University students at their respective alma maters, you, University of Mary Bismarck, Go Marauders, represent. Hooks up. <laughs> um, all those people up in Fargo or in Bismarck, <laughs> give us a little thumbs up there. But, uh, you know, Anthony, you know, what's this like for you um, doing this digital conference? Um, how challenging was it to rethink, you know, small groups and, and this discipleship model using social distancing the way we do it in 2021? Yeah, there's definitely some challenges with it. I mean, I think the biggest challenge was figuring out the technology aspect of it. Uh, we wanted the opportunity of tens of thousands of people to be on it and, and for it to be smooth and to be professional and presentable and, and allow it, making, trying to make sure that the technology wasn't distracting them from the true goal of, of this relationship with God. Um, and so that part probably was the most challenging of figuring out that but as far as the small groups, I think that one was a little bit easier to kind of reimagine, you know, like a lot of what we do on campus is small group. Um, there's a lot of opportunities even within the big live conferences for small group opportunities. And so I think that part was like a little bit easier for us to reimagine and say, hey, this is a great opportunity to use this digital means to launch these small groups. Um, but there's, yeah, there's plenty of challenges, challenges as far as technology and, and all that comes with that. So do you think that this, uh, you know, doing this different format was a blessing in disguise? So 
what are some of the fruits of changing this format of the conference this year? Um, you know, how did you see this new way of connecting with other people and sharing the gospel bring about different fruit? Yeah, I think I think two that come to mind is one, just the reach that we are able to have. Um, I think just the numbers on it uh, for the conference, which we had over 27,000 people register for the conference on, mm. in 20 different countries. You know, like, that's a reach that, that digital allows for us, you know, the idea that 20 different people from 20 different countries would come to one live event um, would be a lot harder than being able to offer it to them through the digital means. So I think that was a tremendous group that'll pay dividends throughout. I think the other opportunity that came from it and something I experienced here in Sioux Falls was we were able to put on some local events. I know within my region that I oversee, there's events at the University of Mary and in Fargo and in Omaha and in Sioux Falls. Um, and, it, and here in Sioux Falls specifically, we are able to partner with the diocese. And so we are able to invite parishioners from the different parishes throughout the diocese to come join us. And it, I think it, one, gave them an opportunity to experience this conference that maybe their family lives wouldn't have been able to allow them to if it was in uh, a location like Salt Lake City for next year. But even more so, it, it allowed them to experience, you know, here in Sioux Falls, we were able to have bring about 200 together um, for to watch the speak event and have those small group discussions in person. Um, and that was just an incredible gift. They're able to see the students that came, the prisoners are able to see the students that came and the fire that they have created a lot of hope, I think, for them. And saying, like, the, the church is alive. The church is, is, is having an impact in these students' lives in a significant way. Mm. And they're able to experience that, be encouraged by it, um, garner hope from it. And, and then we, had, we did an adoration session on Saturday night alongside of the, the worldwide vigil we did throughout the conference. Um, and that was just an amazing experience to see the response of those small communities and rooms and and to, to be a light for those dioceses and for those people was an incredible blessing. Absolutely, yeah. I I definitely can re- relate to that from my experience with it this year, that it was just something that was able to be so fruitful as like a whole, but then also for that local church as we're trying to build up our communities um, to create disciples, uh, which is mm-hmm. the ultimate goal of every single Christian as we pursue uh, Jesus Christ on the throne of heaven. And so, now, uh, have you had any feedback from people from around uh, your region or from even Sioux Falls about uh, certain areas of the conference uh, that were good, that were maybe need some work, or that uh, really had a lot of uh, particular graces? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that we did on the national side is to try to make, you know, the technology as smooth as possible and try to create the um just making sure that there's no hiccups that could distract people but i i was just in a meeting with um a regional director that was that's out overseas campuses in california and they ran into a lot of technology issues on their side of the deal um and yet it was beautiful the response that they had as far as the students and the missionaries and like I think what they did was, like, they would trade off missionaries, would drive down to a coffee shop um, to download material and then come back so they could 
scream it to the, the group of students that were gathered. Wow. Um, and all these things, it was just like, and it's like, gosh, that sounds chaotic. <laughs> um, and yet there was a lot of grace and blessings that kind of came from this, like, hey, let's meet this obstacle, um, and we can overcome it, and there can be a tremendous fruits and graces that come from it, even if it isn't on the surface, this smooth, well-oiled machine. Um, and yet God is in the midst of that. God is blessing that, and God sees the goodness in that, and he, and he gives the graces necessary for it. And so I think that was that was one of the cool stories that I heard of, like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It, it's simply that response to that invitation from God and when we respond those graces will be there oh absolutely it's it's such an awesome thing to hear like that those missionaries were able to go and do that out of love for their, their students whom they serve and that's such an incredible humbling witness just to be able to like man crap this is not working I gotta, I gotta drive to a coffee shop <laughs> yeah. you know? that's well, just wild and to uh <laughs> You know, one of the beautiful things about doing an event like this, too, is really celebrates the Catholicity of our faith. And so, as we know, as we say in the Creed, one of the four marks of the Church is that it is Catholic. And, of course, the term, of course, where the Catholic Church, the Roman rite of the Holy Catholic Church, is that it's universal. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I always highlight to my students, I want my students in the faith formation it, to always be aware that they are a member of the faith that has 1.5 billion members around the world. And that although there may be some, you know, kind of cool church up the street that has a lot, it's kind of got a buzz around it or something, the fact of the matter is it is just a, not even a sliver compared to the, the size and the breadth of our Catholic faith, which has so many languages and cultures encapsulated within it, united by... Uh, you know, our one, you know, the doctrine of the faith, but also our, our Holy Father, the, the Pope, the Bishop of Rome, who leads us and guides us. And not only that, the bishops who, although in their own geographies, uh, govern. So you were able to see the participation. I you know here in Sioux Falls, our own bishop, Bishop Donald DeGroote, was able to participate in the in the Sea <laughs> Conference. How did you what what was the beauty of that like in this C conference? Because there you were able were you surprised to say like, Oh hey, there's a there's a Catholic guy right there. I mean he's he's known in the church and oh, there's that bishop and there's that one. Oh that's cool. I mean, really it, it highlights, like you said, twenty seven thousand participants at remote sites around the world. Um what was that like for you to recognize just how amazing our Catholic faith is? It, it's it's remarkable, and it, it's one of the gifts that uh, comes from you know, when we do the live seeks. Like I, I talked to, um, I talked to someone who's from another Catholic organization and came to seek. I think this was a year or two ago. And he's like, "This is this is uh, Catholic Disney World," is what he <laughs> called it. Yeah. There's so many people there, so many different orders, and there's bishops that walk by you, and there's all these awesome opportunities. Um, that it's just it's remarkable like you said you're able to see some of the universality of this of the church um but on the local side you're like ah man are we going to miss some of that are we going to miss that opportunity but even like the four locations that i mentioned three of them had a bishop be involved i know fargo's bishop was involved in their gathering i know bismarck's bishop was involved in their gathering as well and and here in sioux falls uh bishop de was with us all three nights 
at different times. Um, in fact, we needed the confession line was so long uh, on Saturday that he jumped in and heard confession alongside the other priests that were with us. And uh, it was just such a blessing to have his presence and, and even seeing him where Bishop DeGroote um, gave a little welcome uh, on Friday night and then went around to each table and chatted with the students and the prisoners and those that were involved. And um, it was just an awesome opportunity to kind of see how important this is and, like, and, and this mission of missionary discipleship and that we're, we're going after of, like, this relationship is something with God is something we're supposed to share with others. Um, and to have, I think, in Sioux Falls, we had 12 priests come and join us for confession. Um, and we had priests throughout. We had the handmaids out of New Ulm. They were joined with us here in Sioux Falls as well. Um, so these are just, yeah, remarkable opportunities for them to see the, the vibrant life that's within the church. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember in my times at Seek, uh, when I just walked through, uh, Mission Way is where, where they had like all the booths yes. of the, of the, uh, religious orders or the people who were selling different things that they would make by hand. And like, uh, you just mm-hmm. turn the corner and you know, there'd be, uh, like father Mike Schmitz is just chilling, <laughs> hanging out yeah. or Dr. Edward three, or even at one point, like I ran into Bishop Barron, got to take a picture with him. Like it was, it was awesome. And like these great witnesses of faith, they show up and they're there and they're present. Why? Because of the love they have for the faith passed down through Jesus Christ. And I just, I can't think of a, an organization that is doing it better right now than Focus and my experience. And so, first off, thank you for what you're doing uh, in the local church. Uh, but also just like want to encourage you and all your focus uh, missionaries and people working for it that it's that this work is is so important for the salvation of souls and uh, one thing that struck me from Curtis's closing talk Curtis Martin the founder and, uh, and president of Focus right now he talked about how you will never lose the love of God but you can lose salvation and that has stuck with me and so kind of as we're kind of getting close to wrapping up here. Uh, what are your th- your some thoughts about how to evangelize? You know, to help people recognize that they are loved, but that also like their salvation is is possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely could talk a long time as far as some ideas for evangelization, uh, but I I think I think the biggest things that I would encourage people to do. I, I think sometimes when we hear the, the call of the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations and, and to hear that encouragement to be missionaries. A lot of times there's this fear of, like, I'm not worthy, I'm not capable, um, I'm not enough, um, or I don't know enough. And it, my encouragement has always been in my work when I was on campus uh, was to work with the students and say, like, yeah, you're, you're simply giving, you're simply letting people know the person of Jesus that you've come to know, mm-hmm. and to invite them to, to respond, to invite them to say, hey, you're seeing that this world is not enough. This world is not giving you what your deepest desires desire that can only come from God. Let me tell you about Him. Let me share with you what He's done in my life. Um, and just to be a witness, but to be bold 
like one of the things that we can get caught up in is like when's the right moment and the right time and the perfect setting. And if we continue to search that, we'll realize there's never any perfect setting or perfect time or right moment. Um, but there's these small moments, these little windows that we're called to be bold, we're called to be courageous and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us in those moments. Um, and all we have to do is respond, that the words will be there for us. Uh, what we need to communicate will be there if we respond to what the Holy Spirit's already doing within us. Um, and just to be keep our eyes open, to be bold within that uh, would be my encouragement. Amen to that. Thank you, Tony. So we just hear that moment. The charisma is loud, and we must act on it. And so in the year of St. Joseph, we want to hear so Bishop John Quinn, Diocese of Winona, Rochester, is going to talk about the year of St. Joseph with us next. Stay tuned. But we want to thank you, Tony, for your time here with us and uh, know of our prayers and for our blessings to you. So God bless. Thank you. All right, and we'll head to a quick break, and stay tuned, and we'll be back with Bishop Quinn. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 